folks, and welcome back to another episode of your Brains Coach podcast. My name is Angela Sharina. I'm your host. I'm your Brains Coach, and just someone with a lot, a lot of obsession, passion, curiosity for bringing. Well, first of all, for learning all of the brain-body tools from different sciences and experts and uh, research learning all these tools, applying it uh, to my life, to the lives of my clients, to anyone who I get to work with, who I get to teach, uh, and then sharing all the takeaways, all the practical uh, habits and tools and protocols. So every day you could also start learning and experimenting um, a little bit more with a purpose to um, unlock a little bit more or a lot more of your human potential. I think at this point, we all agree, folks, that we don't really know where human potential ends, but we are all very passionate about learning. Okay, how far can we go, right? And I think this is the question that doesn't let me and people like myself, probably a lot of you too, this question like, how far can we go? Uh, this question doesn't allow us to sleep and keeps us going. Folks, today I'm doing something new. Um, happy Monday, by the way, new week, new beginning. Hope you have all the juices in you to get after things that you're passionate about, that you care about. So I'm trying something new today, uh, you know, inspired by Five Bullet Friday newsletter by Team Ferris. So today is my Five Bullet Monday, and what I'm going to be bringing to you on Mondays for the next, I don't know, several weeks at least, and let me know if you like that or not. So I'm going to bring to you five bullets, different um pieces of research and studies and sometimes cultural information, like today we're going to have one of those, that will help you to use your brain body better and to learn, again, how to feel, look, and do your absolute best. And you'll understand what I'm talking about in a second. So today I'm bringing to you what I've been uh, reading, uh, discovering, learning over the past weekend from... And you know, I actually have personally set up Google Alerts, like you can do it for absolutely free. And so when you choose a specific topic, like let's say brain nutrition um, or... Uh, peak performance, high performance, whatever that is, you can actually set up Google alerts. So Google will deliver anything that came out uh, on the internet about this specific topic. And it will, again, deliver to you those articles. Sometimes it's research, sometimes, you know, it's popular science, sometimes it is whatever. Um, so it's going to deliver to you those most popular pieces of content. And that's how you never miss a thing that you care about, kind of like a personal newsfeed about things that you care about. How cool is that? Huh? So I'm using it fully and today bringing to you something that I found curious and all that I found very interesting and also very practical. Um, let's start with this article. Don't feel like exercising. It could be your microbiome. This is a Washington Post and the author is Gretchen Reynolds. Uh, she's kind of like uh, a journalist translating a lot of health um, science into books and articles, etc. So, uh, great author. I read a couple of her books. Um, and so, the article is about 
your gut may help motivate you to exercise or it might nudge you to skip your workout. Which direction you take appears to be influenced by your diet and the health of your microbiome. The name given to the communities of bacteria, viruses and fungi or fungi fungi that live in our intestines. So what they found, and that was in my studies at the moment, they found that for, first of all, they bred this mice that was exercising naturally a lot. They were just running on those, you know, uh, wheels and they would naturally run a lot more than other mice. And they bred those mice and they created like a whole bunch of those mice and they analyzed their microbiome and they compared that to mice that was not that fan of exercise, right? And the microbiome was different. And then they did a bunch of experiments, like killing with antibiotics the microbiome of that exercising mice, and then transplanting that microbiome to the lazy mice. I'm going to call them lazy, even though then nobody calls them lazy. But anyhow, uh, so what they found is a uh, microbiome of those exercising mice was different. And when they killed that uh, microbiome with antibiotics, mice didn't want to exercise that much. And also when they put some of that microbiome in the other type of mice that is lazy mice, those mice decided, well, not decided, I don't know if they decide, but they started to exercise more. And what they found, what the researchers kind of concluded, even though they say there is a lot more research to be done, and also, you know, mice are not exactly human, so we don't know how exactly it translates to humans. But what they found is microbiome, you know, microbiome actually has this uh, direct access to our brain through gut-brain access, and our gut microbiome, uh, uh, electrically and biochemically, it actually can communicate really fast with our brain. And so they found that uh, mice that exercised, uh, you know, their brain changed, but then then influenced microbiome, and that uh, also in response to that also started to influence the brain again biochemically through different neurotransmitters and other um, chemicals that the gut microbiome creates uh, on a regular basis. And so they found this connection that the brain and gut communicate and exercise changes the gut that then changes the brain and makes you want to exercise more. And then also different foods, of course, change your microbiome, like what you eat, that's the kind of microbiome you're going to have in your uh, in your gut, and that that microbiome will influence the way your brain uh, wants to exercise or doesn't want to exercise. From my personal data, I can attest to you folks. When I used to eat processed food, every time I would eat it, I would feel lazier, like I wouldn't want to exercise all that much. Now that I eat basically zero uh, processed food, meaning uh, junk food, you know, like I cook, so that food is also processed. But anyhow, so what I noticed personally, my drive to exercise changed dramatically. Now I cannot imagine a day without exercise. And yes, the exercise itself changes the micro microbiome, but also what I noticed food, uh, specifically, you know, junk food or processed food, um, it's changed uh, dramatically my drive to exercise. And it's not because of calories or because, you know, I felt sluggish. No, I actually felt some Sometimes pretty fine, but uh, I just didn't want to exercise. And uh, that's the exact thing that they're finding more and more in different research, that microbiome affects our brain a lot, how we feel, what we think, and what decisions we make, like, for example, whether we exercise or not. So uh, really be you know careful what you put on your plate, what you do, because that can affect your microbiome, and that will affect how lazy or willing to exercise you are. Now, that 
Bullet number one. Bullet number two, another article, Science Alert, that's a magazine online. Huge new study shows why exercise should be the first choice in treating depression. So I'm going to read to you an extract. The research team extracted, and you, by the way, can find this uh, summary of research all over the internet um, today, yesterday, um, it, it got, you know, quite some traction. So the research team extracted all the eligible studies published prior to 2022 from 12 electronic databases. Overall, they analyzed 97 reviews that included 1,039 trials with more than 1,028-119 participants, so human participants. When comparing the effects of exercise to those of usual care across all populations, they found that exercise improved symptoms of depression, anxiety, and psychological distress 1.5 times better than talk therapy or things like cognitive behavior therapy or medication. We also found that all types of physical activity and exercise were beneficial, including aerobic exercise such as walking, resistance training, Pilates, and yoga, says one of the researchers. So what it means, folks, if you are not feeling, um, like right now, I'm sharing with you personally, uh, I'm going through a lot of challenging stuff in my business and in my life, and it feels like I have to start from, you know, ground zero. That might be a good thing, but sometimes it feels overwhelming and, um, a lot of like doubts, you know, sometimes anxious thoughts. And if I didn't exercise every day, um, you know, probably that uh, microbiome is helping, uh, I wouldn't feel that, that good. And I know that, that when I skipped a day of exercise, I immediately feel worse, felt worse. And all the data, all the research shows that exercise, movement, uh, it changes chemistry of our brain. It changes our metabolism in our body. It changes so many parameters. And now when looking at the data, it seems that exercise is much better as a therapy for mental, emotional well-being than any other therapy or even medications, right? Um, now, of course, nobody says that you should now, like, if somebody is going through deep depression, should cancel all other treatments. But, um, Always exercise, folks. If you're not feeling well, move and you'll feel better. It's a guarantee. At this point, I think it's not questionable. It's a guarantee. You know, Andrew Huberman, uh, our uh, popular neuroscientist, uh, my favorite for sure, he has this saying, something along the lines, if the problem is in the body, in the mind, the answer is in the body. If the problem is in the mind, the answer is in the body. And what it means if, if you don't feel well mentally and emotionally move and it will change. So exercise better, works better than any other therapy, it seems, for emotional and um, mental well-being. Now, uh, another one about exercise, folks. This is from the magazine Bicycling. And the... Un- Title was, even exercising just once a month can boost brain health decades later. So what that was all about. Using data from a British study involving 1,417 people born during the same week in 1946, researchers look at their self-reported activity levels, which included a range of pursuits including dancing, hiking, hiking, gardening, cycling, and running. They compared those findings to cognitive tests 
all participants underwent at age 69, including memory function and information processing. They found that activity to any extent, even just once a month, led to higher cognitive function compared to those who were inactive. Those who had been active across every decade in their 50-year time span had the highest cognitive function, but even those who began taking part in physical activity in their 60s showed better function just 10 years later than those who were more sedentary. What it means is, again, just another proof of the fact that exercise changes your brain, it makes uh, your brain work better. And if you are interested in being cognitively functioning instead of senile and forgetting things in uh, having to rely on other people for care and feeling incapable, like if you want to be a capable human being till you die, then you'd better start exercising. Your brain depends on it, a well-functioning brain. Now, bullet point number four If you want to improve your brain health, this is the very best food you can eat. A neurologist and brain health dietitian share the top food on their grocery shopping list. And so the top foods, the best way to eat for the brain health in mind is to eat a plant-forward, not totally plant-based, but plant-forward, meaning a lot of plants in your diet by bulk. Diet high in leafy greens, other vegetables, nuts and seeds, berries, beans, and legumes, whole grains, fish, poultry, and olive oil. To be honest, that's the kind of diet uh, I found to be the most nutrient-dense. It's been working for me wonders for body weight, fitness, um, mental acuity, and across all aspects aspects that could be measured. So eating a lot of vegetables, eating your servings of beans. I personally prefer beans over greens because of their nutritional profile. Eating nuts and seeds, berries, um, and then things like fish and poultry and eggs and um, high-protein dairy products. Um, another aspect of a brain a healthy diet and also for a sharp mind diet that includes a lot of foods rich in polyphenols. Those are berries, teas, um, of course, without added sugars, uh, cocoa, meaning uh, like dark chocolate or cacao and all the different forms added, perhaps, I don't know, to your smoothies. Soybeans, legumes, some fruit, vegetables, and herbs. They are rich in polyphenols. Coffee, by the way, also rich in polyphenols. And walnuts are especially beneficial. And let me read to you something about walnuts. Walnuts, walnuts. Walnuts offer twice as many antioxidants as compared to other nuts. And your brain, folks, loves antioxidants. Like a lot of electrical activity and you need to protect those brain cells with those antioxidants. Um, Okay, so... Walnuts also contain alpha-linoleic acid, ALA, a plant-based omega-3 fatty acid, um, because of antioxidants of the essential brainy fatty acids, those omega-3. Um, they are linked to less inflammation, less oxidative stress, That all of which helps to prevent uh, cognitive decline. Well, not to completely prevent it, but to slow it down, of course, for many, many decades. Walnuts are also rich in vitamin E, B, omega-3s, um, all of which show are good for our brain health because of their metabolic functions and antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties. So a lot of vegetables, beans, greens, uh, walnuts, fish, uh, um, uh, also organ meats, eggs, and, and um 
dairy products, those are also top of my list. I think most of the articles do not mention them because people would really, like, I think freak out when the, you tell them, like, one of the uh, most nutrient uh dense food is actually chicken livers and people would freak out and never read that article again probably um but anyhow folks so that is the foundation the basic of a brain uh, healthy diet and diet for a healthy brain sharp brain focused brain and also happy brain plant forward diet high in leafy greens vegetables nuts and seeds berries beans whole grains fish poultry and olive oil and the last but not least, a cultural piece of brainy news. You know, uh, I was talking to Rich Devinia, a retired f- former, well, yeah, he's a former Navy SEAL commander, a lot of uh, different rewards, and um, he is the author of the book the attributes 25 hidden drivers of for, of optimal performance and so we did podcast with him and uh we released that last friday right and if you remember on that podcast he was talking about this um aspect of optimal of high performance that is that he called energy management and what it means is top elite performers optimal performers who deliver great results without burning out consistently they know how to manage their energy and by managing energy we mean we mean knowing how to go high but also knowing how to recover and rest and switch between recovery and rest and ready to go like on the fly um, but also that means dedicating time to your recovery and the cultural boost is about different practices actually three practices that they use in Sweden in Japan and in Italy that is like a cultural practice they even have the word for it uh they engaged in it uh, with like the whole nation right so it's part part of their cultural identity so these practices are about recovery they allow us naturally to recover, get back to basis, to be able to peak again and go high and perform optimally. So number one is from Japan, Shinrin Yoko, ecotherapy, green time, wilderness cure, whatever name you hang on it, spending time in nature is a wonderful way to slow down. Actually, research shows folks one of the best ways to bring your stress level down almost instantly without you having to think about it just get into nature and that will help you to recover fast to uh, unwind and so you could go high and uh, peak um, whenever you need to in japan spending time in nature is called shinrin yoku translated forest bathing and japanese doctors prescribe it to their patients um, but even stroll in the park um, or you know walk in a green space whatever you know green you can get um, it's very helpful folks so shinrin yoko forest basing one of the cultural practices that allow people to recover and rest now to sweden Fika, translate as coffee and cake break. Uh, Yet it means so much more than that. Fika is a mindset, slowing down, being present, savoring the, the moment. And what it is about is 
just being present, like getting a coffee and instead of rushing somewhere, just sitting there, sipping it, savoring it, and observing what's happening around you, just being really present, or spending time with your family and friends, uh, talking about nothing or about life, but again, just being really present. And Fika is a Swedish national tradition, cultural norm, and I think we all can, um, I think in the Western world, we call it mindfulness uh, in Western tradition, maybe also Eastern. Um, but it's basically the allowing yourself to just pause and be present, just be fully present for what you're doing right now. I usually like to do it with my morning coffee. Um, one of the rituals, just take five minutes and just drink your coffee and nothing else. Right, so Fika from Sweden. And the last one is, I think I, I love the sound of it uh, the best, Dolce, Dolce Far Niente, that is from Italian. And in a world terrified of wasting time doing nothing, uh, feels like a crime or a scene. I'm here to say it is neither because I listen, I... Idleness is an art form. It offers sweet relief from the daily grind and the relentless pressure to achieve. And Italians call it il dolce far niente. So basically, it's about doing nothing, like really doing nothing. Just sink into the moment and let your mind wander. That's what all dolce far niente is about. And I think a lot of us just forgot how to do that. We often feel like if we do nothing, we are unproductive and we gotta be doing something and our mind starts going into negative directions. Whereas I think if we just learn, and it's a practice, it's a skill, learning to do that, just learn to enjoy the moment, find joy in whatever it is you are doing meaning when it's doing nothing, just, you know, observing life, that's a skill that will, folks, allow you to go far, go without burning out, and move forward no matter what's happening in your life. Like, very often these days, I have to get back to this practice, and it's like, you know, now is enough. You'll move forward. A life always moves things forward when you don't resist it. So just relax, be present for the moment, and do what you know is coming your way and sometimes do nothing and that's also okay so and that uh, you know by the way this article these practices are from the website ideas.ted.com um a lot of them are from speakers who did ted talks and yep that's our five bullet Monday. So today we talked about how our microbiome can make us lazy or makes us want to exercise. We talked about how exercise seems to be better than talk therapy or even medication for things like anxiety and depression. We uh, talked about minimal exercise even done once a month will keep you mentally much sharper than people who do no exercise and very sedentary, and also that it's never late to start exercise to improve your cognitive and uh, function and mental well-being. We talked about the best diet and foods for the brain. Don't forget, especially walnuts. And then we talked about three practices from across the globe that help you to uh, stop, recharge, so you could peak again, because as Rich Devini mentioned on our podcast that we did on Friday, 
peak performance or optimal performance, he's a fan of optimal performance, is all about managing your energy. And like Navy SEALs, oftentimes nap before their critical mission. If you are if you want to be an optimal performer, you'll also need to learn how to switch between relaxing and recovery into ready to go really fast instead of always being on and like stressed and, and you know, tense. That doesn't work well for nervous system and optimal performance that lasts. And that's about it, folks. I'm glad that uh, we did this Five Bullet Monday, inspired by Tim Ferriss and Five Bullet Friday. Let me know what you think about this episode. If you'd like me to do more of this, Mondays, um, let me know on Instagram uh, at um, Angela Brain Body Coach or My Optimized Brain. We are moving all over Instagram. So let me know. Also comment um, maybe on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you find this podcast. You just let me know. And of course, share. If you find this information useful, fascinating, and you'd love more people to learn this, share this podcast in whichever way you can share. Almost any podcast player allows you to share on whatever messenger or social platform you want, right? So thank you folks for tuning in. Thank you for paying attention. And as usual, till next time, well, maybe not as usual, but practice something that makes you better. And that's it. Have an awesome week and you'll hear from me very soon.